I don't know what to do. I have no clue where I'm going with this. I just know I can't keep doing this because there's just this discomfort. And it honestly is a discomfort. I couldn't sleep. I was struggling spiritually and I just knew I was not where I needed to be. And as Pastor Bob mentioned, he, um, he asked me to preach, and I thought, okay, that's cool. That's a great opportunity to speak to you on a Sunday morning. And he's like, oh, by the way, it's Pentecost. Oh, oh boy. Because this is the birthday of the church, so happy birthday. You didn't know it. Where's the cake? <laughs> Got to remember that. Oh, we ate it all yesterday. Oh, true, true. We, there are leftovers. Hey, so we do have cake. But the thing that kept coming to my mind was that original passage. Um, but we'll get to that here in a moment, but that's Acts chapter 2. I wanted to talk to you all about my first time I really, I experienced and I saw and I knew that the Holy Spirit had done a miraculous work in my life. And it was when I was here, you all know, um, in the time between 2012-2013, I took a time away from Indiana Wesleyan University, and God was using me in that time just in different ways, and I was at home by myself one day, and I was feeling kind of alone, I was just struggling, so I just thought, I'll text a friend, see how they're doing, see if they want to hang out. And I text them, and they respond, saying they were super sick, they just like, they woke up in the morning, it was not pretty, it was stomach issues, and we all know it's not pretty. And I remember they just said, Joe, if you would just please pray for me. And so I thought, sure. And, you know, we have this bad habit where someone asks us to pray. We say, sure. And then we just keep going with what we're doing. But this was one of those times where I just thought, I should probably pray. And I did. It wasn't anything elegant or pretty. I just said, dear Lord, please, we be this friend. Um, they have the stomach issue. Just help them to feel better. Amen. And I told them, I prayed, and they didn't respond. And so I'm thinking, oh, no, like this got worse, like they're going to the hospital or something has happened, and it's worse. And they text me back, freaking out, like all caps. You know how it's all caps? You know something big is happening when they use all caps. And it says, I don't know what you did, but it's gone. No more, no more stomach issues, perfectly fine. And I'm just kind of sitting there thinking, oh, it worked. The tone of surprise was there too. Because we often expect like God to be all powerful. We know all God is all powerful. We know He can do these things, but sometimes we kind of, eh, He'll do it if He wants to. But He did. And that was a very powerful moment in my life because I saw the power of the Holy Spirit at work. But one thing I learned over the years is that we kind of have that expectation with God at all times. When we do pray for big miracles to happen, we pray for these things to happen in our lives, we expect the big things. We expect the miraculous healing. We expect 
divine intervention in a big way. And sometimes we often forget that the Holy Spirit kind of just weaves His way in and is always working on our behalf. Because, you see, we see in this passage in Acts chapter 2, we're going to read it right now. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, and the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So first off, mighty rushing wind. We saw it, and I imagine it like that, just this massive wind. We've had that a lot recently with all the crazy weather we've had. We know what that rushing wind sounds like. And then fire falls, and then they're speaking in other languages that they've never spoken in before. It's huge. We see this working of the Holy Spirit, and so automatically, so often, we feel like that's how the Spirit is going to move. That's how He's going to get a hold of us in our time and with us. And yes, He can, and sometimes He will. But God does not just move in the big ways because we forget in 1 Kings chapter 19, this is right after Elijah has just brought down fire from heaven on Mount Carmel on the sacrifices to prove that God, the God of Israel, was over the God of Baal. And you know, he, the whole story, he pours water on the offering and he totally just hypes it up. And he's like, just so you know who really is in control, I'm going to make this something that nobody else can imitate but God. And then everyone's angry, so they're out for him. And rightfully so, he flees. He runs and he hides in the mountains. And he starts to cry out to God, saying, God, all of your people have forsaken you. I'm the last of your prophets left. He's being a little He's not being, I don't want to say he's being dramatic because like they literally are trying to kill him. But there were other disciples at the time, other prophets. But the thing is, he feels all alone. And all of a sudden, God tells him, I'm going to meet with you. And we see a mighty windstorm. But God wasn't in the windstorm. Fire falls down, massive fire. God wasn't in it. An earthquake, God wasn't in it. And if I were Elijah at this point, I'd just begin to be like, okay, I'm just backing off because I just had wind, fire, earthquake. There's a flood coming next. I'm not ready. But next comes the still small voice that tells him that he's there with him and comforts him. So often we like to put the Holy Spirit in this box where we say, this is the way that the Spirit moves for me, and this is the only way He can move. But we have to realize that the Holy Spirit has all this power, and he, there's reasons why we use images of wind and of fire. He cannot be tamed. He moves amongst us as He wills and chooses, and He works within us, and He is constantly 
every day, every moment working on our behalf and drawing us closer to God, wooing us. We use that phrase, wooing, because it is truly the Holy Spirit telling us, here's where you're at. This is where we're going. You don't want to miss this because where we're going is to be like Christ, and that is where everything is good. And honestly, I hate using images for the whole, I hate using like metaphors for the Holy Spirit because it kind of, you, you will miss something if you try to use a metaphor with God because there's no way to contain it. But for the example, I like the image of a GPS because I love the image that God is constantly directing and guiding every step we take. And I like to imagine I hear that little annoying voice that goes off that says recalculating. I hear it at least five times a day. <laughs> well, because I mean, you guys know we're at work. I'm, I'm at work. I'm hel helping serve guests at Chick-fil-A and one of them just didn't get their fries done just right. And I start to want to roll my eyes and I get a little frustrated. And the Holy Spirit's just recalculating. That soothing voice that's annoying because you're mad. And then just recalculating. But it's true because it's God's way of telling us, hey, let's take a step back. Remember all that Christ has done for you. Let's have a little patience. Let's be a little bit more like Him today than we were yesterday. And I like the story of Philip the eunuch, when I think of God as a GPS, the Holy Spirit guiding and directing us. Because for those of you who don't know Philip, he was chosen by the disciples. He was um, just following them. He was working with them. And so he was going. He was ministering in Acts. And in Acts chapter 8, the Holy Spirit tells him to go down the street from Jerusalem to Gaza. And he, on his way, he meets this Ethiopian eunuch who was on his way to Jerusalem and he was studying Scripture. And so all of a sudden, he's like, oh, this must be the person the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk to. And so he meets with him. And he talks with him, and he works through the Scriptures with him. And all of a sudden, this man is wanting to give his life to Christ. And they pull up, this is how willing he was. I love the energy. He was so willing that they're riding down in a carriage to Gaza or to Jerusalem and all of a sudden, he sees a lake. He says, hold up. Why can't I just be baptized right now? So the Spirit uses Philip in this situation. He guides him towards this eunuch to help him to understand the Scriptures to lead him to Christ. And then this is the, my favorite part. Because he totally goes, beam me up, Scotty. I know, Pastor Ryan loves uh, Star Trek. But all of a sudden, he's not there. Like, I love these kinds of situations because it's just like God is in our midst because God just pulls him up, sets him somewhere else. It says, okay, now you go here. The Holy Spirit is always guiding us and directing us to where we need to be. And again, I cannot stress this enough. We cannot put a label on the Holy Spirit. I want to say this I can't say this enough because we cannot say, 
Oh, he's like a GPS, so he's just guiding us all the time. But he's also a comforter who's there in our weakest times and knows our pains and our struggles. He's also an interpreter for us to help us understand Scripture. There are so many ways in our everyday lives that we don't even notice. When you're going through your Bible in the morning or evening or throughout the day, and you all of a sudden you're reading Scripture that you've read 25 times, and you notice something new. That's the Holy Spirit working in our midst. Now, in our day and age, I know it's hard sometimes to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's not even an audible voice. Sometimes it's just a feeling in your gut. Because I know for me, my original call to ministry was sitting at a youth conference in 2005, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, wham, in my gut, God's just like, hey, just so you know, this is going to be you one of these days. And I just kind of pushed it aside. But over the time, God has said, you're doing it. This is what I've called you for. And it all started with a gut feeling. But oftentimes we could say that our gut feeling is telling us, oh, God's telling me to do this, when in actuality it's just us wanting to do what we want to do. And in times we, find, we really struggle with this, this idea of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit amongst all the noise, in all the technology, in all the people telling us lies, in the enemy coming and telling us lies. It gets mixed up. All of a sudden, we're hearing things one way that we don't really know for sure if that's truth or not. And so we have to question. But the thing is, I'm going to give us a little bit of insight into whether that voice is truly the voice of the Holy Spirit or if it's maybe just that bad pizza you had last night. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is leading you in a direction, if God is telling you to go in a certain direction, there are three ways to check up on this. This is not even mine originally. This is from somebody else. I learned it at college, and I'd love it because it really helped me with discerning my call. And the first thing is, does it line up with Scripture? Whenever the Holy Spirit is moving, it will always line up with Scripture. Second of all, and this is one, just bear with me for a moment, it has to have some sense of logic. And I know that the Holy Spirit operates outside of realms that we could even fathom. But I used this illustration with my parents last night, and they loved it, and so I'm going to go with it. Because some of us have heard this story before, and there's a story of a woman, she's driving down the road, driving down the road, and God tells her, go into the 7-Eleven, go into the corner, and do a handstand. And she says, no, that's, that's not right, that's not God, that doesn't make any sense. And then she, go, she, she keeps driving, and it hits her again, and again, until she says, okay, God, whatever you want, I'm going to do it. And she goes and does the handstand. And in fact, God was using her to save a young person's life because she was saying, God, if you were out there, have someone come to the 7-Eleven and do a handstand in that corner. And it happened. 
But I'm just going to say this now. I know this may come as a shock. I'm not going into any corners and doing a handstand. <laughs> just, just letting you know, unless I had some help. I may need some help, guys, if ever this happens. So just so you know, I got my boys to help me out. But so you see, there does have to be some sense of logic to it. It has to be physically possible in a way. And the third thing is, is there a sense of peace? Because if there is a sense of peace, that normally means that you are in line with the Spirit of God. Because if you are fighting against the will of God, you are going to have trouble sleeping at night. You're going to have troubles with your peace because you will know that what you're doing is not where you need to be. That's how it was with me. Because for about, well, here comes that math again. Since last October, at least, God has just been nudging me and nudging me and nudging me until I can't stand it. And whenever I points, I just go to talk to Pastor Bob, and he walks me through it. <laughs> but the thing is, I knew I was not where I needed to be. But I just kept telling myself, well, uh, I know I've been called to be a pastor, but I'm just going to I'm going to push it back. I'm going to push it back. It's, it's not, I'm not ready yet. And so I kept leaning on the crutch of I'm not ready yet. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm not ready to take on a pastoral position just yet. And God just kept saying, you're never going to be. You're never going to be. You're never going to be until you get there. But I kept fighting it, and I... I took a step, a very small step, and I went to meet with um, our district superintendent, Dr. Mark Eckert, and sat down with him, and we talked, and we talked, and we talked. He said, well, the best thing we could do right now, really, in this district is pulpit filling. And I thought, okay, that could work. I could be preaching, I could be doing the work of the gospel, and the Spirit will stop nudging. Well, I preached once back in January, and then about till March, there was nothing. And so I was starting to get a little desperate. And here's how the Holy Spirit also works a lot with me. He'll speak to me through people. And there was just one night, I was upstairs with my parents, and we were talking about just life, and they were telling me, so have you checked out any ministry jobs yet? Have you checked out any ministry jobs yet? And I just kept saying, well, I don't, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And like they were telling me, well, when are you going to be ready? And I remember I was just so frustrated. Honest, honest truth. I went to Pastor Bob out of spite. <laughs> I'm just like, Pastor Bob, I don't know what to do. I have no clue where I'm going with this. I just know I can't keep doing this because there's just this discomfort. And it honestly is a discomfort. I couldn't sleep. I was struggling spiritually. And I just knew I was not where I needed to be. And long story short, Minnesota, here I come. And I'm not saying that God's going to call you to Minnesota, because, by the way, Pastor Bob, that, that, uh, I'm not going to try and talk you out of that snowblower. You're just going to come home and it's gone one day. <laughs> but, 
But I'm not saying he's going to call you to Minnesota. But he's calling us down the street. He's calling us to our neighbors. He's calling us to that cashier at the checkout counter. He's calling us to go. Like they said in the, in the video, just we're called to go and make disciples and to lead people to Christ. And yet so often, we just don't know where to even start. And quite frankly, there are a lot of us who are still trying to get ready. But the Holy Spirit's saying, you're never going to be ready until I send you. And that's, this will bring us to a close. And uh, the worship team, you can go ahead and come on back up. Um, a lot of you know I'm really big into music. I love music. It's been the big connecting point for me and God is just through music. I cannot stand the song Oceans. You can laugh. It's okay. I love the meaning behind the song. It's got amazing words. It is a beautiful song, but I've heard it about 500 times. And at school, they just played it a lot. It's a beautiful song. But when you are playing the same song over and over again, it just gets a little tiresome. Oh, oh, great. No, I checked the, I checked the order. We're not. But the thing is, I do love the words. Because there's that phrase, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you will call me. But the thing is, so many of us know we're called. So many of us hear that and we're like, yes, let's go. We're going to go. We're going to witness. We're going to experience the Holy Spirit in ways we've never seen before in ministering to people. And then we walk out of the church and we go home. And then we come back Sunday night and we're on fire. Yes, let's go get them. We're going to go witness in the community. And then we go home. And then Monday we go to work. People ask you how the weekend was. It was good. You get to work the next day. How are you doing? I'm okay. And we never fully take advantage of the moments that we have day to day to truly witness. We want the Spirit to lead us where our trust is without borders, but yet we're still holding on. We're still holding on to the shore. Because that's where it's safe. That's where it's comfortable. But I'm telling you now, I honestly, from the bottom of my heart in the best way possible, I pray for your discomfort. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just start to work and move and guide us to the point where we can't sit still. To the point where we have to go. Because if we don't, nobody else will. There are people in our lives, and I know we hear this just about every week, but it, that's because of the urgency. There are people every day who are missing it because we're too scared to walk upon the waters. 
and I'm going to be the first to say, I'm terrified. I'm moving to Minnesota. I know one person in the whole area. And I'm probably going to be calling home about every day. <laughs> but the thing is, I have to. Because if I don't, I don't know if anyone else will. And I'm terrified to make that choice. Because if I don't, nobody will. So as we bring, bring this to a close, we're going to close out in song tonight or this morning. But I just pray that the Spirit would start to move us to the point where we can't stand still. And that we would go from here changed and truly bold. That we would be willing to walk upon the waters. Because that's where He's called us to the mission field outside these walls. And so I pray that as we go from this place, we would be moved to that point of urgency. Please sing with us.